I'm Melissa Lima, your North Coast and Organic Field Services rep, bringing you this week's episode of Seen and Heard, industry updates for the modern dairy family. In today's episode, uh, we are joined by our friends and partners at Blumling & Associates with economists Katie Burgess and Tiffany Lamandola bringing us the top five in 15 minutes in dairy markets this week. We'll be back next week with our regular content and a few exciting announcements about the podcast. But in the meantime, I'll let Katie take it away. Hi, I'm Jessica with PG&E. 811 is a free service to keep our community safe. Before you do any digging, PG&E will mark your gas and electric lines so you don't hit them. Call 811 before you dig. To learn more, visit pge.com safety. So let's go ahead and jump into it. I know that everyone's got a busy schedule. Um, I hope you've been having a great month. Here we are. It's already the end of September. I hope harvest has been going well. It's a beautiful day here in Wisconsin, and I hope the same is true where you are. So as always, let's run through the top five things that we think are impacting dairy markets today. Um, but before we jump into it, where are we now? Here, over the past couple of weeks, we've seen a bit of a rally in the milk market. Um, just in the past two days, we've had a pretty decent jump in cheese prices. Non-fat dry milk today is just a quarter cent shy of the 140 mark. And so as we're looking at the outlook for the next few months, prices are definitely expected to be better than what we saw over the third quarter. On the class three front, we have some markets that are uh, October and November here are above $18. We've only seen one of those plus $18 prices so far this year. And it looks like the class four market could hit $17 for the first time all the way since 2014. So, you know, fingers crossed that uh, hopefully a bit better milk prices in the few months ahead. So what are we watching today as it influences where milk prices might go here uh, through the end of the year and on into next year as well? So top five things. Number one, I think the biggest thing people are watching right now is cow numbers are pulling back a little bit. Two, we're watching on-farm margins. Feed prices are up. Other costs are up as well. Number three, global milk production, I think is gonna be our biggest risk factor as we head into 2022. We've got some pullbacks coming in Europe, but potential for strong growth out of New Zealand. Four, one of our good news stories this year is demand is still good, still holding on. And then five, really our question mark as we end 2021 and head into next year is what's up with China? Demand has been good this year, but what does it look like in the year ahead? So to set the stage, 2021 has been all about strong milk production. On a year-to-date basis through August, we're up 2.6%. If we annualize that rate, it'd be the strongest we've seen dating back to 2006. I do expect that we'll see a slowdown in milk production. In fact, our Blimling model projects milk production growth will be less than 1% um, for the rest of the year. So I don't think the annual number will hold up as strong as this suggests. But we have just seen really strong milk production growth. And the big reason for that is cow numbers, they're at the highest level we've seen since 1994. And given lots of cows, lots of milk, that's one of the reasons that milk prices, despite good demand all year, just haven't been able to, to really get much traction. You know, we had a few good months in the spring, but this summer, things have just been kind of soft. But we are starting to see cow numbers pull back. For the third month in a row now, we've seen cow numbers down on a month over month basis. 
So that being said, while we're down compared to where we were a month ago at this time, compared to a year ago, we are still up 100,000 head. So that's a lot of extra cows that we still have out there on a year over year perspective. But, you know, as we were turning the corner into 2022, that number is going to get a little bit easier to beat. And our expectation is that that will come down to uh, more on flat and eventually in 2022 be below cow numbers on a prior year perspective. So from, so cow numbers trending lower. And I think that is, you know, if we see cow numbers down, milk production down, potentially that is, you know, one of the things that people are looking at today to provide a little bit of support to prices. But I guess watch factor, we still have a lot of extra cows, so it'll be a while until we're down in terms of cow numbers. As we're looking at milk production growth, August was just up 1.1%. That's the slowest growth rate dating back all the way to June of 2020. So you can tell less cows, less strength in the milk production herd. And like I said, our forecast is that we'll see this number continue to slow down a little bit here as we make our way through the end of the year. Second piece, I'm sure this is something you're all thinking about a lot on a day-to-day -day basis is that costs are up at the farm level. So I mean, maybe we should have done that the other order. I think this is the reason we're seeing cow numbers go down is that when we look at grain prices, they're off the highs. So, you know, it's not as bad as the plus $6 corn we saw trading earlier this spring, but, you know, we never really got a kind of harvest low. I think some people out there were waiting for some sub $5 pricing as we made our way into harvest. And I mean, we're still in early stages, but overall, green prices are still elevated. And, you know, not only that, but we see higher costs across, across the supply chain. So labor costs up quite a bit, supply costs up quite a bit. And so dairy farmers across the U.S. are paying more for, you know, most things they buy. If you're located on the West Coast, you're also paying a lot more for water this year, given the drought. And this is one of the things we see pressuring the industry is that Feed's expensive, other costs are expensive. And I think we're getting to the point where some folks, if they're not necessarily, you know, if they're getting close to retirement or maybe don't have that next generation to come back to the farm, they're kind of looking at the numbers and saying, is it worth spending all this money when, you know, the outlook for milk price was, was only so-so. And so we are starting to see a bit of a pullback. And, and I think these higher costs are what's driving the numbers. Number three in our top five is global growth is slowing down. So I think this is definitely a big watch factor. For the month of July, which is the, when we look at the big growth, we think about the main three exporters. So that's the US, Europe, and New Zealand. New Zealand, it's been winter there. So opposite seasons of ours. Milk production is slow there, just given they dry off most of the cows for the winter. But US growth, like we said, has been slowing. And European growth, so the EU is this dark blue bar. European growth was negative in the month of July. And Europe, uh, compared to the US and compared to New Zealand, they're a lot bigger than both of us. And so with European milk production being down, that has really kind of skewed the global balance. When we look at Europe, it's like I said, down three tenths of a percent in July. And we look across the different players there. So Germany and France are the two biggest milk producing countries in Europe. We see pretty big declines in both of them. They had some weather issues. So there was some flooding this summer that hurts production. 
feed quality has been an issue this year. So when we talk to folks there, it seems like component levels are down as well. And especially in places like Germany, there are some kind of new environmental regulations that are coming into play. And when we talk to co-ops in Europe, they tell us they're farm-based. You know, in some spots, it's gonna require a big investment uh, to get their farm up to the new standards, or maybe they're not as allowed to have as many animals. And so people are looking at these new regulations and just kind of saying, mm, I'm not sure if I wanna milk dairy cows anymore. And so there's both these short-term, like weather feed quality issues in Europe, coupled with these long-term increased regulations that are both causing a pullback. It's not universal. We continue to see strong growth um, out of Italy. Ireland is, continues to be a major growth player, um, not facing as many environmental regulations, dependent on pasture growth. And so it's a little bit of a mixed bag, but kind of these big three countries, Germany, France, and Netherlands are pulling back. And so that has skewed the balance some to uh, lower, lower milk production. And now with milk production pulling back, we're seeing higher milk prices come out of Europe as well. And I do think that, especially when we look at the US non-fed dry milk market, I think seeing higher prices elsewhere around the world um, in terms of non-fed dry milk powder is probably one of the factors pulling our market higher as well. But I think the perhaps the, the watch factor with European milk production down from a global perspective, New Zealand could have a good season. So if you recall, New Zealand, their seasons are opposite. So all their cows are dried off for winter in June and July. Cows freshen in August. And peak milk production occurs here kind of in the next four to six weeks. So late October, early November. Super seasonal production pattern. This August, milk production was actually down 4%. That was because it was kind of cold. It was wet and not ideal conditions. However, because New Zealand cows are so dependent on kind of pasture growth, you know, being too wet early in the season just means there's more soil moisture to grow grass later on. When I've looked at the New Zealand soil moisture maps recently, soil moisture is in good shape. The sunshine maps have shown lots of sunny days here over the past few weeks. And so I think that's a formula for good grass growth and potentially stronger milk production here in the months ahead. You know, on top of that, New Zealand milk prices, they're the highest they've been since 2013, 2014. So when we think about New Zealand, it's a lot of powder, similar to how our class four market hasn't been above the $17 mark since 2014, kind of those same drivers in place. And so our expectation is that with good soil moisture, high pay prices, expecting that New Zealand could have a decent season here, especially in the next few weeks as they approach peak production. So from a global perspective, we're really gonna have to watch the balance of how much is Europe down and how much is New Zealand up. One of the good news stories or probably our biggest good news story all year long in the dairy industry, switching gears back to the US market is that domestic demand has been strong. Uh, we continue to see both at the retail level, sales of both cheese and butter have been doing really good. Uh, fluid milk's a different story, but um, cheese and butter sales have been quite strong and in the food service sector as well. Even we have seen a little bit of a pullback in sit down restaurant dining here over the past few weeks, but our contacts suggest that that's been offset by an uptick in kind of quick service or drive through type restaurants. So demand is solid. When we look at it on a domestic implied use basis, butter demand up 2% year over year. So a good rate there. 
and cheese demand up in, up a nearly 4%. So really strong cheese growth demand numbers um, year to date through July. And we expect these strong domestic trends to continue. Um, we're approaching holiday season. So I guess Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving two months away, Christmas less than three months away. And I think that U.S. consumers are, you know, excited to have some of those bigger holiday celebrations again this year after missing out a little bit last year. And so with that, we expect solid demand to continue here for the months ahead. Last one for today, big wild card. What's going on with China? Chinese milk powder imports have continued to be strong. I'll say surprisingly strong here through August. Skim milk powder up 25%. Whole milk powder imports up 150% compared to a year ago. So that being said, August is a bit of a slower month. So it's a, off a lower base. But I mean, that's still pretty impressive growth in terms of Chinese imports. Our question, and we've talked about this in previous months, what's China doing with all this product? I think some of it is being consumed. There's definitely a push there, talking about dairy having positive health benefits. Specifically, I think a lot of talk about bear dairy having positive immune benefits. And so we've seen demand go up across Asia. But when we look at Chinese stockpiles of product, it looks like they're also putting a lot of product away for a future use. So when we look at Chinese inventories of skim milk powder, they're kind of more than double than they were a year ago at this point here in July. And so our question always is, you know, it's great when China's buying, that's been one of the things that definitely helps support our prices but it's China. We're not exactly sure what's gonna happen, how strong demand, like is this strong demand going to continue? And so I think that's our big watch factor. China steps out, they took a look at their inventories and say, hey, you have enough. Um, you know, that could cause a big pullback in the powder space. Haven't seen necessarily evidence of that as yet, but definitely something we're watching. One other piece too that we keep a close eye on is the value of importing milk powder versus making milk domestically. Domestic milk prices in China are up quite a bit. And so for now, it's been cheaper to import milk solids. Um, and you know, if that changes, it could mean that the appetite for importing products could flip as well. So China kind of always the wild card. Uh, and that continues to definitely be true as we wrap up 2021. So where does that leave us today? Like I said in the beginning, milk prices are pretty good right now. We've had a nice uptick in spot cheese prices here this week, uh, powder prices at the highest level we've seen since 2014. So all in all, milk prices today are looking good. That's also helped the forward curve as we look out to 2022 pricing. Wanted to show you guys the Q1 charts today, um, especially if you're considering any DRP. So where the DRP floors sit right now for Q1, um, the class three trigger price as of yesterday was 1667. The five-year average is just 1550. So the trigger price you can get more than a dollar above the long run average. And similar story on class four, um, about a 1640 floor price available. The five-year average is just 1475. So again, sitting, you know, more than a dollar, almost two dollars above the five-year average there. And what the charts show us is so the floors you can get right now on class three. The floor you can get for Q1 is higher than Q1 prices in all years except for 2020. And on the class four side, it's higher than anything we've seen dating back to 2014. So from a risk management perspective, 
Things right now are charged up as we head into holiday season. Hard to know what the new year might bring, especially as New Zealand's milk production picks up seasonally. So we've been encouraging folks to look at some DRP. You haven't taken a layer already. Um, it, you know, is a good way to help ensure that some of these higher milk prices stick around into the new year, um, because we all know how, how volatile markets can be. So I guess with that, that's my rundown today. It looks like we might have a few questions here. Let me take a quick look. Um, oh, a question about, do we know the DMC payout for August? I do not know it off the top of my head, but we can send that out with the recording. I'll take a look at it. Um, it looks, I don't think it'll be as big as July, but she'll still should be a nice payout through the DMC program. So with that, we'll wrap it up today. Um, if anyone's visiting World Dairy Expo here in Madison this week, come by and say hi at our booth. Um, it's the Everegg booth located in the main expo hall. We'd love to say hi to you. Other than that, have a great week. Uh, let us know if you have any questions. Just reach out to me, Tiffany, Lizzie, all happy to help if you need it. Yosemite Farm Credit is the farmer's choice for agriculture financing. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we are dedicated to serving our neighbors in the agriculture community with financial products and services tailored to your operation and backed with the relationship you can trust. Whether you're purchasing real estate, making improvements to the dairy, or wanting to purchase or lease equipment, we're here to help our members prosper. Visit our website at yosemitefarmcredit.com to find a branch location nearest you. Did you know that you can turn your dairy manure into cash? Bennett Environmental is offering above-ground dairy digesters at no cost to you. These systems can also remove nitrates from your lagoons to help you comply with water board regulations. Our proven above-ground technology will generate income for your dairy into the foreseeable future. Because we truck the renewable natural gas off-site, your dairy can profit regardless of your location. Bennett Environmental, turning your wastewater liabilities into sustainable assets. Learn more at bennett-environmental.com. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Seen and Heard. We want to give a thank you to both Katie and Tiffany at Blimling for their market update this week. Please remember to reach out to us with any content requests or questions at wud.pod at gmail.com. Remember, you can also reach Melissa and I at mlema at wudairies.com or darby at wudairies.com. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform and have a great week. While West United Dairies respects the varied views of our podcast guests, please know that views expressed on Seen and Heard may not necessarily reflect the positions of the West United Dairies Board of Directors. Thank you to Western United Dairies generous business sponsors, Gar Bennett, California Dairy Magazine, Farm Credit Alliance, FNR Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, Bennett Environmental, PG&E, and Yosemite Farm Credit. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. If you'd like more information on how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, please send us an email 
at info at wudairies.com. That's info at wudairies.com. Thank you.